0: Good morning again from me, and I'm so glad we've managed to get Andrew and Nikki back. I wondered for a moment whether uh, the rapture had happened in All Saints Road, but fortunately not. Uh, we're in an extended lockdown into our second branch, and uh, here's a sad little fact about me uh, as things have progressed. I now find myself excited about going to the supermarket. Uh, like many of you, I'm working from home and therefore the, uh, a trip to the, my weekly trip to the supermarket has become one of my few exit passes where I get to go and stand in another building, where I get to go and look into some other human eyes face to face, where I get to have a bit of a chat, albeit from a two metre distance and exchange a few words with some other human beings in the flesh. Crazy I know. Bit of a sad fact. Anyway, I wonder how you're doing um, as lockdown progresses. I don't know if any of you saw the YouGov poll that was published uh, on Friday, uh, research done across the nation. Apparently, uh, only nine percent of us want life to return to normal after lockdown ends or want life as normal as it was before uh, lockdown. Happened. Over a uh, half of the thousands of people surveyed said that they hoped that they would um, continue to make changes and take those changes into their own lives uh, as we go forward and that the nation would learn something significant or something significant from this crisis. A 20 year old girl said this, lockdown has made me realise and reevaluate some of my priorities and what is really important to me and alcohol isn't. A man in his 30s said, I want uh, a routine that I've begun to continue. I've started having a daily me time hour where I read and it's something that I didn't make enough time for before. And I want it to continue because I've loved it. And a parent of uh, six teenage children, two of her own and four foster children, said we we go for a walk now as a family every evening. We have a a weekly games night, which we all really look forward to. And I'm absolutely going to try and make sure that that happens uh, and continues once this is all over. I wonder what you might add to that list. Time in lockdown is clearly giving us uh, as a nation and as individuals an opportunity to reflect, an opportunity to think, to take stock, as we might expect. Uh, Often times of crisis do that and many of us are using it as an opportunity to uh, reset certain things in our lives, whether that's resetting our priorities, resetting our perspectives, resetting the way we do some of our relationships or maybe even resetting Uh, our daily routines or the ingredients in those routines. And so, as Andrea said, as we dive into uh, this book of Philippians uh, that we're going to be looking at for the next few weeks, uh, written by the Apostle Paul from his own lockdown, let's uh, invite God to help us think about the resets that he is uh, inviting us to make in this season, both as a church and as individuals. Of course, Paul's lockdown wasn't anything like ours. He was in prison, so he didn't have the, the joys of Netflix. He didn't have the opportunity to, to catch up with others on Zoom or, you know, do a Zoom pub quiz. He didn't get he wasn't able to go out to a supermarket, he couldn't go out for exercise, he didn't have a phone, so he couldn't kind of participate in the daily challenges or catch up with all the memes. Uh, he didn't have a carpet, he didn't even know when his lockdown was going to end or even if it was going to end his situation of course was way worse than ours but despite his challenges but despite his difficulties despite the isolation that he felt or the loneliness or the boredom I'm sure he was bored at times or despite uh, his loss of work and the opportunities that he had previously had and probably the plans that he'd made the things that he'd wanted to do and even physical hardship he talks in this letter a lot about joy a lot about his strength and a lot about the peace that he has he has a lot to teach us he has a lot to speak into our lockdown from his lockdown so let's be open friends to the resets that God might want us to make in this period of time as we dig in so this morning in the light of chapter one let's ask ourselves today this question does my confidence, does your confidence in the gospel need a reset? Does your confidence, does my confidence in the gospel need a reset? In this first chapter, in that chunk of the passage that my beautiful assistants read, you will have noticed that it was absolutely saturated in Paul's confidence in the gospel, in the fact that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is king, and that Jesus is working his purposes out in his world, in the lives of those people that he loves. Instead of starting his letter with, hey guys, these are my challenges, he's writing to his friends in Philippi. He doesn't start with, hey, these are my challenges, this is how difficult it is, this is how hard it is. This is what's going on. He starts with this is how I see things. This is how I see things. And it's not his self-discipline. It's not his personality type. It's not his sort of the habits that he has previously developed that are the source of his strength and his peace and his joy and his hope in this time. It's his confidence in the gospel it's his confidence in the gospel. Let's break this confidence down uh, for the purposes of our time now into three areas. And if you want to know what God's doing in your life at the moment, whatever else he's doing, you can be sure of this. He is wanting and, and at work growing your confidence and my confidence in his gospel. Because friends, we need to be strengthened, not just for today, but for the days ahead. And God wants to give us an upgrade on our peace and our joy. He's wanting to grow our confidence in the gospel. So let's break it down into these three areas. Firstly, God wants us to be confident that he is working his purposes out. God wants us confident that he is working his purposes out. Paul is absolutely convinced that whatever else is going on in his life, or outside his prison, that God is at work advancing his kingdom through what's happening. In verse six, he says this, I'm confident that God is working his purposes out within you and he'll bring to completion what he started. And that relates to you and me as well as to those that were reading it at the time. In verse 12, you'll have noticed he said, I want you to know that what's happening around me is helping to spread the gospel. And then in verse 14, He says that believers are becoming more confident because of what's going on to share their faith. He's confident that God is powerful enough to be working out his purposes in his world without having to take full control of it, no matter what is happening and no matter how hard things are. He's confident in God's power to be at work in his people and in his own life, again, no matter what's going on and what he's going through. And that confidence, that conviction, is what encourages him to find a purpose and to have a focus in the struggle that he's going through. And, friends, no matter what our circumstances are like at the moment, no matter how difficult they are, and for some of us, they're extremely difficult. For others of us we're wrestling with loneliness or boredom like Paul or maybe fear or perhaps we're stretched to the max or maybe we're even feeling guilty that actually uh, it's not that difficult. Let's remember this morning that life is about his story, God's story and our part in it. It's not about our own individual stories and his part in those stories. Our stories, my story, your story, the story of our community, of our church, of our nation only makes sense in the context of the narrative of God's bigger story. And his story is that he is extending his kingdom in this world, in both your heart and in the world around us. He's gathering a family, he's pursuing the lost people that he loves in this broken world. He's pursuing them in order to to reconcile them to himself, that he might have a relationship with them. He's beautifying a bride. He's strengthening his church. He's growing you and he's growing me for the sake of his son, Jesus. Because Jesus is gonna return and call time on time. He's working his purposes out before that happens. He's working that out in your life at the moment. Are you confident of that? Now, let's be clear, I don't believe that this coronavirus is something from God. We know that disease is the product of a broken world, of a a world contaminated by sin. Disease is not the purpose of a loving God who's just uh, run out of opportunities or, or given up on other ways of getting the world's attention. But Paul is expressing the same confidence here that Joseph had expressed years earlier from his own lockdown. Maybe it's the kind of confidence that grows in lockdown. When Joseph was reconciled to his brothers after his period of lockdown, he said, you planned evil against me, but God took those same plans and used them for my good and for the saving of lives of many other people. It's that same gospel power that was at work on the cross as Jesus was crucified. His disciples watched him seemingly be defeated by injustice, by the evil plans of men, by the work of the enemy, and ultimately by death. They were left feeling defeated and disappointed, devastated, not knowing what was going on. And yet all the time, God in heaven was working out his world-saving plan. He was working out his purposes through the pain, through the suffering, through all the stuff that didn't make sense and through the surrender and suffering of his son. C.S. Lewis calls it deeper magic. He's talking about this ability of the God's resurrection power to be at work when it doesn't look like he's at work, when it doesn't make sense, when it shouldn't make sense and yet it does make sense and this is what Joseph was articulating, it's what Paul is describing, this deeper magic, his confidence in God's overruling power to bring good out of evil, to work out his purposes to save lives. Friends, let's have more confidence in this resurrection power, in this ability of God to work his purposes out. Let's have more confidence in God's ability to work his purposes out, than we have in the government to fix things, in the scientists to find a vaccine, in the NHS to save lives, in the British public to keep the rules good and important and valuable as all those things are. I don't know if you know this, but in March internet searches uh, on prayer uh, skyrocketed. They hit their biggest level in 75 countries across the world. The church at the moment across the world is uniting in prayer to pray for a move of God, to see God move in greater power in a way that I've not seen it before. Bible publishers just in the last month have reported a huge spike in their sales. And HTB in London, they began their first um, online alpha course last week or this week just gone. And eleven hundred people signing up to explore issues of faith at this time. God is at work in our world, particularly in this evening season, uh, softening hearts, pursuing those he's longing for a relationship with, working his purposes out in your world, in my world and in our world. Are we confident of this? Second, God wants us confident in his resurrection. Friends, we're on earth for a really short time. And even if we get the opportunity, like Captain Tom Moore, that amazing chap, I should think he's raised a million in the last hour while we've been on air. Uh, even if we get a chance to live that long, it's still a relatively short time. You've seen me uh, use this piece of, of string before. Uh, it's an illustration I love. It's re- I find it really helpful. But imagine life as being like this uh, long string and it stretches, on into eternity. I don't know if you can see, I'm wearing the wrong color, I'm wearing black, but I don't know if you can see this this bit of black at this end. That represents the amount of time that we have here on earth. And the rest of this string represents the rest of time that we get to spend in eternity with Jesus, if we love him and have a relationship with him here on earth. We get to spend the rest of time with the God in heaven who loves us like nobody else has ever loved us. And in a place where there is no crime, where there is no suffering, where there is no disease, where there is no sickness—in fact, where the Bible says there is a lot of partying—well, Jesus calls heaven. Jesus calls this eternity our home. And if eternity with Him is our home, then this little bit here, life on earth, is not. This is not our destination, friends. This is not. Uh, this is not our permanent place. This is not where the fullness of life really happens. We're passing through, we're en route to eternity. Here, there in eternity is better than here. This bit here, our few days on earth is a rehearsal. And Paul is absolutely confident about this. In verse 22, he even says, wow, it's a hard choice. I don't know whether I'd rather live or whether I'd rather die. He's kind of saying, well, death, dying would be better for me because then I get to be with Jesus. I get to be in his physical presence. I get to be in that place of fullness of life and joy. And then he's saying, but living would be better for other people because I can continue to serve them and introduce him to this, this savior and and, and, uh, and to the hope that they have if they put their trust in him to have this eternity with him. What an amazing place of freedom and peace for him to be able to stand in. And I don't know. I don't know if I can say that in the way that Paul can. I don't know if I can say that, but I do know that the curveballs in my life have forced me to focus more fully on this reality of eternity actually being more real uh, than life here, and the promise of life after death with Jesus. And I and I live now much more with one eye on Jesus in the here and now, of my life on earth, and one eye on eternity in heaven. An ex-Supreme ex-Sup- Court judge wrote in the Sunday Times a couple of weeks ago, Jonathan Sumption, we are so afraid of death. We've acquired, this is in our nation, an irrational fear of death. Today it's the great obscenity. Inevitable, but somehow unnatural, and we're afraid to talk about it. Do you know his, his analysis of our culture couldn't be more alien than Paul's culture. We celebrated Easter last weekend. We celebrated the physical resurrection of Jesus. And God wants us confident not only of his physical resurrection, but of our physical re- resurrection because of his physical resurrection. So that we're free from the fear of death, so that we're confident to be able to talk about death and the life that comes after it. Friends, Those around us that are afraid of death need a church who is, that is full of people that aren't afraid of death a church full of people that are willing to talk about life beyond the grave, who are confident in our resurrection because of Jesus and to be introduced to a God who offers them that same future. And when we're confident in the resurrection, just like Paul, it changes the way we live. Lastly, God wants us confident that we have a part to play too in what he's doing now. Again, Paul was clearly confident of his own part that he was playing and how God was using him to work his purposes out. He was confident of what God was doing in his own life. But then here he is writing this letter from his lockdown to the people in Philippi and to us today and in verse 27, saying this, live in such a way that you are a credit to the message of Jesus. Are we doing that? Are we living in such a way that we're a credit to, to the message of Jesus. Somebody asked a member of our staff team the other day, there are so many people volunteering at the moment in this crisis around the nation, and that's fantastic. How is the church any different? Well, here's one of the ways that we're called to be different. Paul saying there's a message, there's a message that God has for his world in the life of Jesus, an offer of love and life and life in eternity. Are we living in a way that is a credit to that message God has a message he wants to use us to get that message out as he works his purposes out how can we play our part right now in lockdown I know that we're doing many different things and there are many things that we can do even given the strengths of our current situation what a beautiful testimony of a church family member uh, connecting with and praying for albert sharing just a little bit about the message of jesus where are we how are we playing our part what can we do well we can pray as nikki said it's possibly the greatest gift we can give the world 714 as andrew mentioned goes out every morning with helpful tools very brief helpful uh, ways to help us in our praying and paul says right at the beginning of this chapter i'm praying for you he's using his lockdown to pray God's chosen to tie his work to ours. And part of what we can do in this time is to pray, not just for ourselves and our own situations, which he loves us to pray about, but for others and their scenarios. We can ask God for opportunities to Chat to the people that we're in conversation and dialogue with, however that is, whether we're on the front line or whether we're, we're housebound, but we're using Zoom and our phones or Facebook or whatever. Let's be asking God for those openings and those conversations and where appropriate, let's be looking for the opportunities to talk about Jesus, to talk about, to, to let people know that we've got an Alpha course starting online this week friends, we can encourage others. We can just each encourage each other in this uh, in our own family. We can encourage our friends. We can encourage our family members. We all need so much encouragement, don't we? Call them up. Send them messages. Ask God for a prophetic word for somebody. Ask him for a word of scripture that you can encourage them with and, and send it to them think about Paul again in his lockdown he didn't set out to write a letter that was going to be read by millions of people for the next 2,000 years he just thought what can I do who can I encourage I know I'll write to the church at Philippi and he found a piece of paper and he found a pen he got writing and God is still using his efforts today and friends if you're at home with your children so, 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 and keep sowing into them. You're raising the next generation of believers who will carry this message with them. Talk to them about Jesus, teach them how to love him and obey him and trust him. Talk to him about the life that there is to come as well as how to live life today with him. We're in a unique season and unique seasons present unique opportunities. And this is a season, I believe, presenting unique opportunities for resets. So let's let Jesus reset our confidence in the gospel today, this week, if that's what we need. Let's let him reset our our confidence in his ability to work his purposes out in our lives and in his world. Let's let him reset our confidence in his physical resurrection and in our resurrection so that it impacts the way we live today. And let's let him reset our confidence that we have a part to play for others in this world, in this time, in this crisis.